And this is View the Valley's podcast, season three, episode 11 with TJ Hoover and Chris Smith. TJ, we're getting close. Close. I was just getting ready to check my countdown thing. I think we're only uh, 22 days away, something like that. Um, 21 days now. 21 days. Since, and then 20 for you, since it starts on Wednesday, right? One day earlier, yeah. Yeah, so three weeks away. 21 days and hours on my end, so really 21 days for you. It's getting close, but in other news, I know uh, these last couple weeks you've been uh, chomping at the bit to try and win this special card. Um, did your name get drawn to win the no, win the big money? No, no, no. Uh, friend of a coworker did though. Really? Yep. So apparently he said he was bound for Vegas. Like, well, <laughs> that's how you go from being a millionaire <laughs> to. So how much does he come back with? I don't know. I mean, that was what they were talking about after taxes. It was a $2 million prize. Is it was at $1.1, $1.2 that you clear. All to get the queen of hearts. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was uh, entertaining. Were you close on the 50-50 drawing? I don't think so, no. Uh, so You went down swinging. Yep. Can't win if you don't uh, purchase a ticket. That is very true. Can't lose if you do. If you don't try either, if you're still sitting on the porch. <laughs> but with that, uh, we'll recap some of the games from this past week in the Missouri Valley and the Ohio Valley, as well as looking ahead to both conferences this week. Uh, also, we'll do kind of a trivia game here to wrap up the show this week. Uh, basically, how it'll be TJ Lanson, the Missouri Valley side. I'll say a famous name, and TJ will try and figure out what school they went to. So trying to switch it up a little bit this week. Um, but with that, TJ, uh, it is, what day is it? We record on February 8th, and the OVC finally has one team alone in first place since uh, opening week. Yeah, and uh, the Missouri Valley has four teams tied for first. Here's a question I saw. Okay. I believe it was MVC Beat is the Twitter follow. If it was somebody else, I apologize. So... The Valley has four teams tied for first at 10 and four. Indiana State is the next team at nine and five. What place is Indiana State in? Are they in second because they have the second best record? Or are they fifth because there are four teams ahead of them? Well, in my opinion, I think they would have to be fifth because if the tournament and if the season ended today and that was the standings indiana state would then get the five seed okay i agree so we don't have anything to argue about i was hoping you'd say like no they're they're second like no you're stupid (laughs) so yeah i mean it's uh four teams at 10 and four then indiana state at nine and five and then three more teams at eight and six now that's before taking into account last night's games so now murray state's eight and seven and you know, so that changes things as well. Well, I tell you what, though, last week I had a prediction of uh, Evansville going to get that first win against Indiana State, and I went down swinging, but got out to a 12-2 start. I was excited. It might have been the best night of Missouri Valley action in a while. Three games went to OT. Murray and Belmont come down to the last shot with Murray winning by one. 
Yeah. Southern Illinois was in the game until late. It ends up being a 10-point difference. I don't think anyone who watched would really say it was a 10-point game. And then you had the Indiana State-Evansville game. So four of the five games you know, were really uber competitive. Or four of the six games. I keep wanting to do that. And then Southern Illinois Bradley was competitive. So I, it was, you know, and I think the OVC saw a lot of the same stuff yeah. from that, you know, that same stretch. I mean, not a lot of OT games, but, you know, competitive games for the most part, OT game on Saturday, you know, so things are starting to tighten up, especially on the MVC side. Sure. So piggybacking off of that, what stood out to you this past week in the Missouri Valley? Uh, what the heck happened to Murray State on Saturday? That's what stands out to me. No kidding. I mean, you know, I I had some other things going on, and I'm checking. I was talking to my oldest son, and like it's 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 getting worse. You know that Indiana State beats them by 43 points. I mean, right after that big win against Belmont. Right. You know, you think you're gonna have some momentum. You go around the road, and then, like we said, we're recording on uh, Wednesday, and they had the same thing happen to him last night with Drake. You know, that, uh, you know, DeVries had 22 points in 16 minutes in the first half last night. That's filling it up. Yeah. You know, so I, and they're back to full strength too, I think. So that, that, that kind of, uh, makes you, makes you scratch your head. But, um, Indiana State bouncing back with a couple wins, you know. Evansville got them back on the right track, and then that big win over Murray State, which I don't think anyone saw coming. Uh, Southern Illinois, um, you know, sliding, you know, having a, a bad road trip is the only way you can say it after losing to Illinois State and Bradley. And Drake seems to kind of be establishing themselves. You know, two overtime wins. <clears throat> they beat Nor- Northern Iowa in overtime at home behind Roman Penn's 28 points and Bowen Bourne's 30 points for Northern Iowa. By the way, I think I counted six players on Saturday alone, excuse me, on Wednesday alone, scored 25 or more points in the Missouri Valley. So, I mean, just you had Moore with 25, Penn with 28, Bourne with 30, uh, Titan Anderson from Illinois, Chicago. I think it's Titan Anderson with 29 and then um, Mason from Missouri State had 27. You know, it's just, you know, some really impressive performances. And then uh, Illinois-Chicago got back onto the winning, the winning side of the scoreboard that, you know, with a win over Evansville, 70-61 win. And uh, Missouri State pulls out a win over Valparaiso in overtime without Donovan Clay. But then they really looked kind of outmanned when they played Southern Illinois on Sunday, losing by 20, um, you know, behind Jones's 18 points and Troy D'Amico's 15 for SIU. But like I said, um, so in the last two games, DeVries has scored 32 points in each game. He scored 32 on Saturday against Valparaiso, and they had 32 last night double, against double, Murray. Double-double yep. against Valpo. Right. So, you know, seeing some impressive performances. Um, I, I, I like Ben Shepard as one of your leaders for the Larry Bird Award. But I know DeVries missed a game, but two 32-point performances in that's, a row. That's tough to do. You know, and, you know, I think a lot of it may come down to who ends up being the, the 
the top seed who gets the higher seed may get. And I don't know if that's right or wrong. Cause then you could argue that you had a better group around you, but yeah. as competitive yeah. as it's been this year, who comes out on top? I mean, how do you make that decision when you're for the voters? Yeah. The, definitely tough. So, definitely tough. You, you know, it's, it's gotten really interesting and, uh, especially since the top four seeds are so important to get you so that you're not playing on Thursday, you know, and I, I suggest anyone who follows Missouri Valley hoops to follow Matt Hackman on Twitter. And he does, he runs his numbers, hundred thousand, uh, you know, uh, simulations and then tries to play it out like, Hey, and he's saying you're going to need 13, I think 13 wins to get us a buy. And with, you know, obviously Drake's at 11 now, and those other three schools are at 10. They're still, you know, you're just going to have to have a good last three weeks here. What about the Sunday, February 5th game, the lone game on the docket for that that day? Uh, I, we had spoke about it prior. I asked you what your thoughts were on, uh, <laughs> on Carbondale winning. Uh, you weren't all that confident, but 20-point no. win. 20-point win. As an alum, I don't, like I told you in our text conversation, I don't trust them yet. Um, I think, well, I'm happy to see them win by 20. I think that them they're missing uh, Donovan Clay was a huge part of, you know, why well, I won't get too excited about it. I'll temper my enthusiasm, if you will. And uh, that, that definitely makes a difference from that standpoint. So I just... I was happy to see it, but I just I don't I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet my money on it. I'll bet your money on it. Yeah, sure. So who wouldn't? You know, it was a good good win, and I you know that they got the opportunity to kind of clear the bench, get some other kids in who hadn't played a lot. You know, again, get a big game out of Troy D'Amico, who had some troubles in the Bradley game. So I definitely think that was uh, good for them. Okay, and then looking at the most recent game for you, uh, Drake at Murray State. Well, I mean, Drake just shot the lights out. Looking at, they shot 57% from three-point range. You don't lose too many games when you're shooting that good. No, it's it's tough to, to lose ball games. I mean, Murray shot a respectable 33% from three-point range, but they were only 38% from the floor overall. Um, they got 17 points out of Brian Moore and another 11 out of Jamari Smith. But after that, they didn't have a lot of, uh, contributions and you know Drake like I said before had 32 points out of Tucker DeVries they Roman Penn gives them another 18 point night and Garrett starts just turning in double doubles not real flashy double doubles like 10 points 11 boards but still for a guy that was a I believe he was a walk-home when he first came to Drake and now it's just an essential part of the ball club goes five for six from the floor so I mean really efficient just a guy that kind of hey here's my job this is what i do play defense get some boards and uh, look for some easy baskets so it's a i think it's a huge win for drake in terms of getting that leg up going into these these final uh, two weeks really what what has to change for murray state you know they beat belmont talked about and then just not even competitive in the last two games I don't know. I think last night they showed some inconsistencies. Like they play well, but they were always playing catch up last night. You know, 
that all of a sudden it felt like Tucker DeVries would score on two or three possessions in a row. And especially in the first half. And, you know, by the halftime, it felt like Drake was in cruise control, if that makes sense. Like, hey, sure. you know, Murray might make a run, but they were never, hey, we need to call timeout and circle the wagons. It just kind of felt like, hey, you know, we have this game under control. And they never let Murray really make a threat. So okay. to answer your question, I guess we just be more consistency. I think that's probably an easy way out from my perspective, but I just, you know, how do you let a guy score 22 points in 16 minutes maybe when you know he's the guy? Maybe it just comes back to, I mean, maybe Murray was going to hit a skid like that at some point, just mm-hmm. so many newcomers on the team and, and just trying to overcome it. But on the OVC side, TJ, uh, there, were, there were a couple upsets this week. Uh, had, a, I think, a three-way tie when we did this last episode. Uh, but Thursday, SIUE took care of UT Martin, 89-75. You were at that game. And I don't think 14 points was – that game was not a 14-point ball game. I thought it was over 20 for most parts of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, Tennessee Martin kind of – Made up some some ground there at the end, but definitely not a a 14-point game. I was surprised by that, too. Heck of a game by Rayshon Taylor, 27 mm-hmm. points, 10 rebounds. Uh, SIE shot 50% it, from the floor. Yeah, and K.J. Simon was in foul trouble. I think he was actually back in the game in the first half with three fouls at one point. And that hurts UT Martin because they were already without uh, Parker Stewart in that mm-hmm. game, too. So, uh, But... Jordan Sears, 19 points, tried to keep UT Martin up there, but wasn't enough. Uh, Tennessee Tech, uh, talk about a game one to game two last week. <laughs> Just <laughs> not much offense against Moorhead State. Uh, 64-45 was the final. Um, Jalen Seabury in his return to Moorhead, uh, 16 points, seven rebounds for Tennessee Tech. Uh, but just not a very... Well, offensive-minded game for Tennessee Tech. Two of 12 from three-point range. And I think you kind of called that, kind of predicted, like, hey, you know, they've been putting putting some yeah. points up, but they're going to Moorhead State now. Yeah, Moorhead, uh, they they threw on some defense there. And the offense they were missing, we found in Cape Girardeau. Yeah. They found it against SEMO, but it was at Tennessee Tech. But, I mean, just the, the Little Rock SEMO game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's okay. the next one I had on Sorry. my list. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, SEMO Little Rock, 99-98. Uh, talk about a no defense in that game. Uh, Little Rock led by 9.5, 50-41. Uh, and honestly, I thought for the majority of the game, SEMO was going to may fall in that one. Uh, but uh, this was a game where SEMO struggled early on, but then put up 58 points in the second half. I mean, it... If you're scoring 58 points in a, in a half, it, most people would think you win by more than one point. Um, but Philip Russell, 37 points, 10 assists, four boards. I mean, he's been he's been on fire lately. 53% from the floor, Simo was. But this is this is where the offense came from. 14 of 27 from three-point range for the Red Hawks, 52% from deep. Uh, Little Rock wasn't that much. Um, one much off, 44%, but only attempted nine of them. But, man, there were a lot of fouls. Um, between the two teams, 71 attempted free throws. I just caught the very end of it, and it felt like SEMO C- would foul even though they were up. 
Yes. Little Rock was fouling because they were down. Simo fouled. Yep. It's like Simo oh. almost almost couldn't get out of their own way there yeah. at the end. The, the final, kind of, the final like five six minutes felt like I watched for like two hours. Mm-hmm. I finally turned it off. I think it was ninety nine ninety five with just a few seconds left, and then obviously Little Rock must have hit a three there at the end of the game yeah. to make sure we got the over. Yeah, I don't think that was ever in doubt. <laughs> um, the over-under was 157.5. If I pass that about the 10-minute mark left in the game. <laughs> yeah, that didn't uh, that didn't take much. But a good game for C.J. White out of Little Rock. 22 mm-hmm. points, 7 boards, 6 assists. A double-double for Gardner with 15 points and 10 boards. Seems like he's getting that an awful lot this year. Yeah. Or damn near well close to it. Russell with another 10 assists. That, I mean, for the guy that's your leading scorer to be double digits in assists. It's pretty impressive. I think I've probably said that before. Yeah. But. Watching him move the ball around is is impressive in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I he gets animated out there. I'll I'll tell you yeah. that. I can see why some some players in their team may get a get a little frustrated. Coaching staff maybe, but uh, he I think he's one of those guys. If he's on your team, you'll love him. But he uh, he's definitely he gets it going down there for Simo. Yeah, he likes for sure. He likes to. Engage in conversation with anyone near him, whether yes. it's fan or player. Uh, Tennessee State goes into Southern Indiana, 80-76. Uh, Junior Clay, 23 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Um, he keeps doing his thing for Tennessee State. 64% from three-point range, Tennessee State was. 14 of 22. Uh, I mean, that's usually where Southern Indiana shines. I mean, they did shoot forty-one percent, but it's tough to it's tough to win a game when you're giving up sixty-four percent. But if you're Tennessee State, you shoot sixty-four percent on the road. I I think you're uh, you'd be just fine with that. Absolutely. Only nine turnovers for Tennessee State in that game as well. Uh, how about Lindenwood? They knock off Eastern Illinois eighty to sixty-seven, which moves us into the Saturday games. Uh, UT Martin, 0-2 on the, I guess you want to call it the St. Louis road swing. Um, but they lost to Linwood 80-75. to uh, Linwood gets two straight conference wins, improved to 9-16. and um, Linwood in that game, 48% from three, 92% from the foul line, 12-13. Uh, Jordan Sears led the way for UT Martin again. Uh, SEMO and Tennessee Tech, this was a game that went to double overtime back in Cape uh, a couple weeks ago. Philip Russell, 29 points, 8 assists. Jalen Seabury, 22 points, 9 rebounds. This was a game. SEMO was down 3 with about 3-4 seconds left. Russell hits 3 free throws, and Tennessee Tech rolls down in the final seconds and gets a runner in the paint and knocks off SEMO 82-80. to uh, it was a game that SEMO trailed for the majority of the game, but were able to chip away and clawed back in it. Uh, shot 44% from the floor. Uh, Tennessee Tech was 42%. Moving on from there, uh, Tennessee State got another road win at Eastern Illinois, 65-61. Uh, but how about Rayshon Taylor's buzzer beater, 84-81 over Little Rock? I, I saw it when it happened. And again, this situation where I felt like SIUE tried to give the game away. Lamar 
Lamar Wright had two free throws that would have put them up three or four, I think it was. Then Shamar Wright fouls. So they get to walk the court, walk the length of the floor, make two free throws with, was it two seconds? Yeah, two seconds left. And I don't know what happened why, A, they weren't guarding the inbound. I was always a big fan of guarding the inbound. Make make, Make it more difficult for that guy to throw that pass. Well, that too, but, but Rayshon no also one, got to set his feet. No one was anywhere near Rayshon. Like, I haven't seen the the baseline view. What the heck happened that he was looked like we're just in the by ourselves? Yeah. You know he's not going the length of the court. Like, no one even, like, ran into the picture. Literally looked like he was warming up before the game. Yeah, like he just walked out there before the game, you know, an hour before. Like, hey, let me fire one up from back here. Now, I did hear him hear him on... I believe it was ESPN's The Morning Show. Okay. Sunday. And he they had him as a, their celebrity guest, so it's a national broadcast. So it wasn't like it was a local broadcast. And they brought him on, and he's like, well, anyone that knows me knows it wasn't surprised that I hit that shot. So I think there was a little bit of sarcasm there. But, you know, he just – I think he just kind of carries himself with that kind of confidence. And you want that out of sure. your best player. Like, hey, I'm going to hit the shot. Gives you much rather him. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make it. And – you know, it was it was a nice piece that they did with him and did some uh, pick him for some games throughout the day of a number of different sports, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely top play across the country for twenty four to forty eight hours. And then the last game was Moorhead State seventy one sixty six in overtime at Southern Indiana, back to back home losses for Southern Indiana, kind of shocking. Yeah, uh, but not shocking. Polakovic, another game with double-digit rebounds, thirteen. Wow, back at it after his his paltry seven rebound performance on Thursday. Like, what the heck's he doing? Yeah, he must have got chewed out. <laughs> uh, but other than that, TJ, that wraps up the OVC side of things. Uh, any games stand out to you uh, on the slate for this week in the Valley? Well, there's always. I don't know if the proper name is still the war on 74. Bradley, Illinois State's always a big game. And I think Illinois State's, you know, playing better than they probably were even a couple weeks ago when they played, despite losing by 15 to Belmont over the weekend. Um, How about this game? The, the spread is minus two for tonight. Belmont at Missouri State. Does Missouri State get back on track after losing by 20? Gosh, I'd have to. I haven't. Check to see if Donovan Clay's back, but I think you'd have to be back for you to put this, put your money on Missouri State to cover that. Yeah, I golly, that's that's. But Clay, at what point do you game. just consider to pick them? Yeah, you know, does it get does it have to be under two for you to be like, okay, whoever I thought was going to win, that's who I'm picking. Yeah, typically, I mean, if it's like one and a half or something, you see that's like, well, I would just go for the, just go for the money line at that point. I think. Look at this. Your best bet was last night's game, and obviously that didn't play out. Because, I mean, I think most people are going to pick Bradley over Illinois State. Indiana State at home against Valpo. Belmont, even though they're the road on, at, on the road at Missouri State. Now, the thing you have going for you if you're Missouri State is you have, like, is it the second or third best home defense in the league? Mm. You know? And then Northern Iowa at Evansville, and I think you pick Southern Illinois at Chicago, at Illinois Chicago. I think those are, that's a pretty much a straight pick. Um, looking ahead to uh, the mid game, the midweek games, 
I was excited about Murray State Bradley, but you're really kind of starting to, I mean, which way is Murray State going? Can they regroup, recuperate? They're on the road again. Yep. Uh, you know, Illinois, Chicago at Belmont. I think you, you take Belmont. Southern Illinois at Drake should be a good game, but I still think Drake wins that one at Drake. They're awfully tough to beat at the Knapp Center. Uh, Illinois State Valparaiso. I think Valparaiso won the game earlier in the year. Where are they at is in terms of that? Because they're kind of jostling for seed position because you'd much rather be the in the 8-9 game oh, yeah. than the 7-10 game. Uh, and then Indiana State Northern Iowa I think should be a good one. Okay. Because, you know, Indiana State's playing better again. Northern Iowa's at home. And then I think Missouri State wins at Evansville. Okay. Uh, OVC side, a uh, couple good ones here for Thursday. I think a big one is the Southern Indiana get back on track at Tennessee Tech. Um, looking at the standings right now, I mean, you got Moorhead, who's all alone in first place at 9-3, and three, SEMO 8-4, and four. and then you got Tennessee Tech 7-5 and five, tied with SIU and UT Martin. Southern Indiana not too far out, 6-6, six and six, so this could be a could, – could juggle the standings there a little bit if Southern Indiana is able to get a road win. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee Tech's been pretty good um, around the perimeter, but they've been without their center. So maybe maybe Southern Indiana has an edge here with Polakovich. Um, mm-hmm. Tennessee Tech hasn't had a lot of a lot of height inside, so may not be surprised to see Southern Indiana sneak a win out there in uh, Cookville. Uh, other than that, Semo's on the road at Tennessee State. Uh, like Simo in that one, uh, it's hard not to go for Philip Russell, but Junior Clay for Tennessee State should be a good matchup going back and forth. Uh, UT Martin on the road at Eastern Illinois, and then uh, you were at the Lindenwood SIUE game, so the the fan turnout was good. Mm-hmm. There was some I don't want to say ruckus, but you could tell that you said the, the players it just, were really It felt into like the it. game meant a little bit more, like maybe the proximity. So that'll be interesting to see how that one plays out on Thursday night. So they go to Lindenwood this time and the Moorhead at Little Rock. I, an interesting question for the coaches at SIUE and Lindenwood would be, how much do you like having that game that close? Just from a, Is it tougher because we don't have our normal road routine? Because I can't imagine you want to dip into your budget for a game an hour away. You're not going to do your hotel stay. Are you going to... Do you feed your players, or do you do that at home before you leave, like a high school game almost? Almost, yeah. Almost. Because does that make it more difficult? Because that's not your normal routine. You're used to, hey, we got in the night before. We're gonna, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna shoot that's around. I mean, they're obviously not gonna leave at, you know, you think high school, you're gonna leave. Sure. Well, the game starts at seven thirty. We're leaving at five. No, you're gonna get over there during the day, but shoot around. What do you? You don't go back to your hotel room. Like I don't. That'd be a good question, like to figure out. Yeah, I, I'd be shocked if if they would get a hotel. I mean, I would think right they'd, they'd just but, go back and forth, unless. But what do you do between your shoot around on Thursday and your game? Maybe they went to the Ameristar. I doubt it. <laughs> I, th- I think there are probably NCAA regulations. <laughs> I'm sure that forbid that. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Name, image, likeness deals. <laughs> I don't know. That, that is a good question. I I don't know. Maybe they've 
went to a mall or something over there and just kind of walked around for a little bit. Hung out at the airport, just people watching. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Games on Saturday, Little Rock at UT Martin. Uh, See if UT Martin get back on track this week. Uh, In-state game, Eastern Illinois at SIUE. Uh, Tennessee Tech at Tennessee State. I think the big game for Saturday is Moorhead State at SEMO. SEMO pulled pulled out a win at Moorhead earlier in the season. Um, We'll have to see how the Thursday games go. It could be an indication to see who's in first place. So big things at stake in that one. And then Lindenwood hits the road for a game at Southern Indiana. But other than that, TJ, um, not too much to dive in there. I think uh, some of the bigger... Mentioned the bigger games in the OVC you did for the MVC. Do you have anything to add before we start our... I've totaled our picks for the first four rounds. Okay. What do you think? Are you looking at it? I'm, I'm looking at it oh, right okay. now. So what we have is a spreadsheet for all the games. We have one for the OVC and one for the MVC. And I've totaled our, how well each of us have done through the first four weeks. You beat me by one on the one week. Uh, yep, I think the difference is that uh, Eastern Illinois Lindenwood game. It is. It is. But then you had we flip flopped some games in uh, on the twenty eighth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because you had SIUE beating Moorhead State, and I had Southern Indiana beating Tennessee Martin, and we were both wrong. Correct. Well, we'll see how it goes. Um, I mean, I can give you my MVC picks for this week while we're at it. Let's see. You can't pick last night's game. No. Even though I was wrong. I had Murray State picked for last night's game. Fine on your... Now, uh, remember, folks, don't be like, oh, they just came off a 40-point loss and you still picked them to win. So I got Bradley over Illinois State. Okay. Indiana State at home. Even though you have my picks right there next to you. So yeah. yeah, I'm not even looking at it, honestly. <laughs> uh, Belmont on the road against Missouri State. Uh, you have to go you and I here in Northern Iowa, and then uh, SIU. So there's my games. I'll put a wash here. Okay. Um, yeah. Bradley, Indiana State, Belmont, Northern Iowa, Carbondale. Okay. There's my picks for this week. Looks like we're different on the... Belmont, Belmont, Missouri State State game. Yep. So, all right, TJ. How do you want to do this? You want to go back and forth or? Yeah, let's go back and forth. Um, You want to write down someplace that you don't need to pick UT Martin or Little Rock. I didn't see anyone that stood out to me that would be even like I could explain who they were. So don't worry about them. And who do, do you have all 12 for me or do I need to leave out? So you will not be. Uh, hang on here. You will not be doing Indiana State because I we're not doing basketball names here. Right. I stayed away from athletes altogether. Okay, I did not. Okay, that's fine. Um, no Indiana State, no Valpo, no UIC. Okay. Yeah, because we had alumni and not uh, for those that are fans of Last Chance U. Uh, DC from this latest season of last chance you played at UIC his freshman year. Okay. So and then he, then he transferred. So, all right. So we'll give the 
alumni. Yes. You choose the school. Correct. All right. You want to go first? You want me to go first? You can go first. All right. Media mogul, Oprah Winfrey. Surprise. I don't know. Don't know this off the top of my head. Uh, Tennessee State. Tennessee State, yep. Okay. Also, uh, Olympian gold medalist, Wilma Rudolph. Really? Yep. She's actually from Clarksville, Tennessee, which is where Austin P is, but she went to Tennessee State. There's some good athletes come out of Tennessee State. Uh, Rogers Cromartie, um, mm-hmm. defensive back, long time for the Giants. Yeah. Went there. Robert Covington. Yep. Um, okay. John Goodman. Missouri State. Yep, see, I'm doing the easy ones first. Okay. Greg Amzinger. Lindenwood. Yep. Okay. Brandon Jacobs. SIU Carbondale. Yes. Tough Running one back, for you. Yes. Right? Yep. Yep. See, I thought you would have given what me What team did he play for? The Giants, wasn't it? That's correct. What number? 21. 27. Okay. I thought you would have given me something like Melissa McCarthy. Dennis Franz. You probably don't know who Dennis Franz is, though. No. Yeah, okay. Um, Paul White, a.k.a. The Big Show. The Big Show. From WWE fame. His storyline for a long time was that he was the son of Andre the Giant. Now, I thought that was... Tennessee Tech? No. He went to SIUE. That's sad. Yeah. That's absolutely sad. So. Okay. Andy Bennis. Former pitcher for the Cardinals, Mm -hmm. for those that don't know. His brother, Allen. Met Allen one time. Coached against him. Nice guy. I'm going to say Bradley. That is incorrect. Okay. Evansville. Okay. Okay. My turn. So we each have one miss. Yes. TV game show host. Or, yes. I think he was best known for uh, the dating game. Something like that. Okay. Chuck Woolery. Famous for his, we'll be back in two and two. Let's see. I've said Tennessee State. I've mm-hmm. said Lindenwood. Um, SIUE. SIUE's gone. T Martin. He didn't do UT Martin. Little and Rock. Little Rock. Morehead State. Yep. You got it. Okay. How about. Michael Emerson. Michael Emerson. Who the heck is Michael Emerson? Michael Emerson was is an actor and director. Um, he is known for being on the person of interest as Harold Finch. No kidding. I loved that show. So did I. Yeah. Every time they were yep. like. <laughs> That's why I figured I'd write some of this down okay. so it might ring a bell. Oh, <laughs> shoot. 
Belmont. That is incorrect. It was Drake. Okay. Wow. I learned something today. Bob Gibson and Emerson. Wow, okay. All right. Comedian, actor, St. Louis native, Cedric the Entertainer. Right now he's on uh, a show called The Neighborhood. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he go... Then you go to SEMO? You went to SEMO, yes. Very good. Okay. Southern Illinois guy here. Okay. Kurt Reuter. Kirk, Kirk Reeder? Reeder. It's actually a distant cousin of my wife's. He went to Murray State. Correct. He, I believe he played with a friend in common of ours. That you coached his sons. Oh. Yep. So, I think you're right. All right. <clears throat> uh, it's my turn, right? Yes. Actor. I don't know if you'll know who this actor is. If you are, I'm going to be kind of impressed. Okay. But his brother is more famous than he is. Jerry Van Dyke. There's an old show called Coach. And he was on there as one of the assistant coaches. That's Southern Indiana, right? No, he went to Eastern Illinois. Mm. I almost gave you. You could you could have given me like one of the six legendary football players that are to come from there. Yeah, you probably Sean Payton. Yep. You know. Yep. Jimmy Garoppolo, Tony Romo, um, uh, my uh, Shanahan. Um, he, Mike he, Shanahan. Mike Shanahan went there, and another NFL coach. Was there too? He used to coach for the Vikings. Oh, what was his name? Uh, name of Vikings coach. No longer there. Couldn't. <sighs> I don't. I don't have my Wikipedia son with me. I'll think of it before we're done recording. Okay. All right. Josh Turner. Josh Turner. Who's Josh Turner? Country singer. Now I'll go back to Belmont then. That is correct. Yep, okay. that gave it away. Yep. All right. Country Music Hall of Famer in the DJ and radio host category, Dale Carter. Tennessee Tech. No. Southern Indiana. God. I, had, I mean, there was nothing I had else no idea. I could give you that wasn't basketball related. Okay. Paul Emmerich. I know this name. I can give you the description as well. I need to like the description. Pro rugby player, three-time rugby World Cup veteran. Gosh. I want to say Northern Iowa, but I think we got to go. That is correct. Is it Northern Iowa? Yes. All right. I stopped you before you were incorrect. <laughs> All right, last one I've got for you. Country singer Rodney Atkins. Tennessee Tech. Tennessee Tech. I mean, I think I said that one twice and it was wrong both times, so I think it's my last choice. <laughs> I got two left for you. Okay. And I haven't used Illinois State or Drake or Illinois State or uh, Bradley. I haven't had correct yet. Correct. Okay. Craig Robinson. Do you know who that is? 
I know the name, but I can't place what he's famous for. He plays Daryl on The Office. I'm going to go with Bradley State. Bradley, Bradley State. Bradley because of their fine arts. Okay. He actually went to Illinois State. Okay. So my last one, I guess you guess Bradley. Yes. And I, I don't think there's any clue you, you know who this is. Tom Fink. I don't know who that is. It was interesting, so I chose it. Mayor of Anchorage, Alaska, and Speaker of Alaska House of Representatives. Wow. As opposed to going with <laughs> famous broadcaster Charlie Steiner, who their sports journalism school is named after. Yep, that's why I went with Tom Fink. <laughs> now you know who the mayor of Alaska is, yep. or was at some point. Yep. We had one time working a softball game at SIUE, and Randy Molman came up with... Uh, random facts about each person's hometown for SIUE softball team. Really? Yep. That's cool. There's one girl from Georgia, like the second episode. It was like the second episode ever of a TV show, like a a crime investigation, like unsolved mysteries or something like that. It was, and then, you know, so it was, it was a pretty entertaining, just helping them out to get that stuff, uh, queued up for his broadcast well tj i think that uh i think that about wraps it up you got anything Mm -hmm. to add this week i don't i'm ready to get home and set up some tvs watch some games there you go you do that i'm gonna cook some dinner i think i'm gonna have an omelet tonight breakfast for dinner so why is breakfast i mean jim gaffigan does a great piece on why is breakfast limited to breakfast i don't know it doesn't no not limited for me Big hit at our house is breakfast tacos for dinner. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've ever had them. Yeah. It's whatever you want. May have to look into that. Yeah. It's it's a good time. All right. Well, that'll wrap up episode 11 here on View of the Valleys. For TJ Hoover, I am Chris Smith. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week for episode 12 here on View of the Valleys. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, and SoundCloud. And you can give us a follow on Twitter at View Valley's pod. Real quick, TJ, Super Bowl prediction winner. Eagles. Chiefs. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a good one, everybody.